You're listening to The Happiness Hub with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy. Hello, you're listening to The Happiness Hub with me, Kedron Elliott, and we are on our third episode of our fifth series, All About Wellbeing. Today, I'm quite excited because our guest is somebody that I trained with to become a counsellor. So Tracy and I trained for two years together to complete our level four diploma in therapeutic counselling and we trained together in Warrington. So um, I passed earlier this year and Tracy has uh, qualified relatively recently as a counsellor like myself this year. We were probably one of the last few to get qualified on our course but we got there in the end and she has set up her own business this year, Tracy Worrell Therapy and offering face-to-face telephone counselling and uh, Zoom counselling as well in the Warrington and surrounding area but I suppose if you're doing it remotely that will not restrict Tracy. So Tracy, hello, thank you ever so much on the podcast. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's been a while. We mustn't have seen each other virtually or likewise for over a year now. I can't even remember <laughs> the last time. It was some sort of gathering in a pub, I think. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you ever so much for coming on. I'm going to have to get some of the, uh, the other girls and Billy, obviously, to come on and mm. talk about how they're getting on. But yeah. I particularly wanted to get yourself on because... You've set up your own private practice, which is something I'm thinking about maybe doing next year. But also um, wanted to kind of dispel the myth. I know we've had a bit of a chat before we recorded just about how counselling and some of the other things that you're looking to to train in, because once you get into the world of therapy, there's so much different stuff that you do. But in particular, how counselling can really help with people's well-being. Um, so first of all, like, tell us a bit a bit about yourself and how you kind of went down the, the counselling route to train to be a counsellor. What led you to uh, look into that as a career? I think what led me was getting jobs that I weren't satisfied in. I used to be a nurse and then I trained as a health visitor and some parts of the jobs were fine, but it was usually the parts that involved communication, like the advice clinics and um, home visits and stuff like that and the rest of it was bearable at times and unbearable at other times so I just I just found myself moving further and further to to things that I could do that was more about emotions and mental health and communications and connections um, so once I f- left there um, as a health visitor I actually was a foster carer and that was a baptism of fire in okay. mental and emotional health but it also gave me more determination to help all the people besides the people in my family with their problems so you know there was all that um and then I've personally suffered traumas at different times in my life mm-hmm. and family and friends around me the same so you know having counseling has definitely helped with that and that you know helped me to move on even my counseling training has helped um, with my self-awareness but I think the root of me becoming a counsellor is how I was brought up by my mum mostly because she she is or was should I say like the person-centred model <laughs> she brought she brought us up to be you know non-judgmental to be honest to you know care for other people and but also to follow your own path mm-hmm. make your own choices and I felt that 
everybody deserves to have that and not everybody has had that and it doesn't matter if it's a parent or a friend or if it's going to be a counsellor everybody should have that one person that looks at them and says what do you want to do and that's yeah in a very big nutshell mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can I can tell from what that, that kind of story there's a lot of backstory to that as well yeah but for our listeners who might not understand, we, uh, we trained in person-centred counselling and you, you, you touched on a, a few sort of elements of that, like being non-judgmental. And yeah. When you say person-centred, what, what does that kind of mean and what sort of attributes did your mum have and how does that relate to how we treat our clients in our uh, therapy sessions? Um, I mean, my mum was just like, she just recognised that everybody has their differences and that they should you should communicate with them with them differences and not put what you feel on them she she believed in choice she believed in doing your own thing following your own path no matter how old you was even from being a child we were given choices but then with the choices we made we was given responsibilities mm-hmm. so um she didn't like to put everybody together in a a group, you know, tire everyone with the same brush sort of thing, mm. just because they are from a certain area or family. She would recognise that everyone within our family was all very different and she would nurture the, the different things in each of them because, you know, I've got five children and she recognised the differences in them and she would she would find something to help them to... I would probably say it was self-care what she would do when she had them. Um, like one of my daughters used to like cooking, but not just any cooking. She would put such random things together, which I wouldn't, you know, do at home. But she would, you know, she'd let her do that because to her that was everything. I've made my own thing. I've done this with my own brain from scratch. Mm-hmm. And this is what I wanted to do. And I've been allowed to do it. But you have to eat it. That was the thing at the end. <laughs> And you didn't have to eat it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't, but yeah, my daughter did. So it was like the choice is there, but you have to know the responsibility that comes with it sort of thing. And that's Um, very empowering, isn't it? Yeah. It's very empowering. It's like, I'm not making decisions for you. I'm not telling you what's right and wrong. It's giving you the power to be able to discover that for yourself. Yeah. That's what what I like about person-centered. I think how you describe it about being able to encourage somebody and not judging them on it and letting them make their own decisions and not sort of looking at it uh, wrong or right but it's just like well you can you can make these decisions you can do it and then you can find out whether it's right or wrong for you but like therapy isn't it because not the same therapy is right for everybody yeah go and if it doesn't work try something else yeah definitely yeah so um, you've set up your own practice uh, relatively recently. And, yes. and how's, how's that been going for you? I know you say you do offer remotely counselling, but you're doing quite a bit of face-to-face, aren't you? Yeah, actually, I, was, I would say most of it is. Literally only a couple have done it as they've not been able to get in that day because, you know, cars won't start or something like that. Or, but they still want the face-to-face. It's... Um, they just seem drawn to it. For, they just feel that they want to see somebody in person. <laughs> Even the people that are coming with social anxiety, 
and generalized anxiety, they still want to see somebody. It's um, it's quite nice, and you know, I just feel the connection, and and also that they're putting their trust in me and coming with these anxieties and turning up. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that they walk up the stairs and they're like, "Oh my god, I don't really want to go," but they're still coming and they're trying to make a change. Yeah, you you said before we started recording recording that you really missed being able to see people face to face and that relationship you build with them. Yeah, I really did miss it. And, the, you know, the more I'm getting into it again, the more I love it even more than before, because it's, you know, this is my own business now. I'm not being given clients. I'm having clients choose me, not a centre, because it's a charity and it's free, mm-hmm. which is brilliant because, you know, that's is a lifeline to some people and it has been and you know it's helped me to get my qualification but this is all my choices my path and that means more yeah definitely so you talked a little bit there about how much you loved it what is it that you love so much about it I, I I love I love people when they have that moment where they've discovered something it could be something really minor mm-hmm. but you know that I've assisted that in some way that they've discovered something positive about themselves that they'd seen different before that you can shed new light on something within them that you know other people have may have said it before but it's been meaningless but because you've worked in a person-centered way and and you know you it's for that client and how they process and how you work with them it's very individual and you unique and it it's very rewarding to see that change mm-hmm. I know you said that your path to being a counselor was quite varied and you'd been a nurse and a health worker yeah. and all that sort of stuff but mm-hmm. still those roles there are all roles where you help people and counselling is very much in that kind of area as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though it wasn't for me, I never felt passionate about being a nurse or a health visitor. I mean, like I said, there was times where I absolutely loved some of the parts, but it's led me here mm-hmm. and I can draw on experiences um, because there's so many different things that I've done within my nursing. So it can be relevant so it's not wasted it's it's been part of my journey it's funny that I was watching um going off sidetrack a little bit Graham Norton um, at the weekend mm. and um, Will Smith was on and he was talking about that how you should never diss um whatever you've done in your past or dwell, dwell on it because everything that you've done whether you think it was right or wrong in the past you learn from it and it yeah. takes you step one step further to where you want to be Can yeah I- really good positive way of looking at it because sometimes we do really get stuck in the past so um for people who are listening because we were talking a little bit previously about counseling and how some people still think it's a bit of a a voodoo or black magic kind of thing about how it works but how how does counseling and talking to a counselor help help individuals and, and clients with their well-being what would you say the key things are that really helps people um, I have to say first, I hope this isn't going to be controversial after that, what you just said, but I just remember when I first started, I think it was my level three, mm-hmm. and we did like the role play with one of the tutors, 
and you had to have someone that would volunteer. And I did that, volunteered with uh, the tutor and just did like a 10, 15 minute. And I'd never experienced counselling. And I remember someone and it fit so well. It was like, for me, in Harry Potter, <laughs> Dumbledore had put <laughs> the magic wand on, you know, on my head and pulled out these things and just picked up but what she was doing was picking up on things that I repeated you know all the, the repetition and my body language and my facial expressions and the tone of voice and everything but when I was in it none of that was apparent it just felt as though she took my thoughts and feelings out of my head mm -hmm. so in that sense <laughs> it feels a bit magical yeah. I won't say you do magical <laughs> uh -huh. but I would also say that that's a sign of a good counseling session yeah. that you are not thinking what they're doing what they you know why they're staring at me why <laughs> sat you know it feels weird or whatever it's like you're in the moment and your counsellors with you they get you they understand what they are you're saying and if they don't understand they're not scared of asking you to clarify you know, it, I think a lot of what my clients' feedback is being not being judged mm -hmm. is the main thing because they come with all their own things that other people they perceive or think they're wacky or, you know, mentally challenged. And it's hard to talk to other people. So the fact of being able to sit there and pour your heart out and not to be told that you're stupid is is massive mm -hmm. or mad you, you get quite a few clients coming in saying you I bet I bet you think I'm mad or I think yes. I'm strange and you're like no not strange yeah. <laughs> you're not as strange as you think you are yeah yeah I, that is quite a common thing yeah yeah really yeah I think you're right as well also about I, I really like your analogy about a magic wand and taking all your thoughts and feelings out of your head because that is part of it isn't it it's a part of like we have all these things going in your head and quite often clients are just like, I just want to stop feeling like this or I stop, I want to stop thinking like this and mm. turning over stuff. But when you get a really good counsellor, it is almost like they're reading your mind. It's yeah. like, like you say that they really get you and they understand what is going on in your head and you don't feel strange or weird for expressing it. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing as well is that you get, you know, you get, obviously, everyone's very different and some people find it hard to even start knowing what to talk about. And then you get others that, are, you know, they just talk a mile a minute and then switch from one thing to another. And they get very concerned that you're not keeping up with them. And that is never an issue for me. I can. So it's nice that because they don't actually know where it's going. Mm -hmm. I can get all these pieces and put them together in a more logical, maybe not always logical, but more understandable yeah and show it to them in a different order or you know different time frame or whatever it is yeah because sometimes that's why clients come aren't they because they don't understand why they're feeling like this or can't yeah. make a connection between maybe something that's happened you know in their childhood and how it can be impacting on the way that they're feeling now yeah yeah it obviously does especially if you've held on to that for so long and not being able to meet anybody with a magic wand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I ask a little bit about um about your own experiences of therapy? 
Yeah, yeah that is part of uh, what we have to do as counsellors is actually go to therapy ourselves. So have you had some really good experience of therapy and similar to what you were mentioning about when we do that role play in, in, in training and we, we have those little mini sessions? Yeah, I have. But I, th- I, I think I had four different blocks of counselling mm-hmm. while I was training because my training took a bit longer. Um, but I think it, it ended up being an accumulation sort of like the first one I was, this isn't, you know, what's going on here? I don't see how this is going to help, even though I was on the course. Like, um, and then it just sort of, I changed counsellors each time, got um, different ones. Um, and then I, I think I ended up being in, in the right place, right time, right counsellor. And I was able to explore things that have not been explored for probably over 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I suppose in a way, yeah, it was a magic wand. <laughs> I suppose sometimes people do come in, don't they, and they say to you that I've never told anybody this before, whether it's about something they're thinking or something that's happened to them as well. And that's that's a really big step for somebody, isn't it? Yeah, I've had um, clients come in and say that they've, you know, they've never said anything because they don't want other people to think badly of them or they've just been too scared or they just didn't want to verbalise it, really. And, you know, it feels like an honour, really, for them to have chosen you to to do that with, that there must be some trust because you don't just blurt it out if they've not, you know, disclosed it for all them years. There's, there's obviously you, you are giving them the right conditions to do that. And it's it's amazing in it not in the fact that they're hurting, but this could be the start of change and the start of their journey to recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that is really that that's a massive thing to be part of that as well. Yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned there as well, coming in and building that relationship with uh with your clients because that's yeah. a big thing as well I mean you know sometimes you go to a do a counselor and maybe you just don't quite gel or just something feels a bit off that is really important mm. isn't it to for you to find a counselor that you feel comfortable with and that that yeah. you kind of gel with yeah definitely because they could be the nicest person in the world but not the right fit for you at that time um and I I always say to my clients I mean it's sort of briefly in my contracts um and also on my website and everything that you have to you know it has to be the right kind of therapy it has to be the right counselor it has to be the right time for you Mm. um and you know that if it's not right for you you can stop at any time this is your choice because there's no point in carrying on if it if it doesn't feel right. You, it's like you're actually wasting time. You could be with the right person, and you're wasting your money as well. So, mm-hmm. and probably much deeper things than that. You ha- yeah, you have to feel comfortable because how are you going to process stuff? You've got to be able to trust that person. And if they remind you of your dad who's been abusive in the past, mm-hmm. then you're not going to want to disclose the stuff what he did to someone that's you think is like him. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's not that they they, they like somebody you know or anything. It's just 
you're just not sure what it is, but you don't feel quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be a reason. If you just don't feel comfortable and you don't feel it's going to work for you, you should, you know, have the right to say, this isn't for me. I'm going to try something else. Yeah. And, you know, that's fair enough. We're all so different. I tried several counsellors to get the right one. So, mm-hmm. And that's something you explore with your clients anyway, isn't it? You check yeah, out with yeah. them quite often how it's going and how they find the sessions are going and things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always, always check out how they're feeling and if they think it's, if there's any benefit and if they've, if there's anything that they want to do differently or, you know, obviously they've they've always got choices within what we do as well. So I think it's, it's important that, you know, that they don't think they have to keep coming for like so many sessions because they've subscribed to it or something. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that every session that you come back is a choice. So I always say, would you like to come back next week? It's not shall I just, you know, I'll put you in for this time and just assume mm-hmm. it's a choice every week for them to Absolutely. come back. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about the other kind of um, therapies you're looking into, Tracy. Well, while I was still doing my training, I did do some expressive art um, therapy training and it was brilliant. It was it was about art and things and also about movement, but it wasn't about creating pretty art. It was about getting what's inside out mm-hmm. in different forms, whether it was on paper, whether it was with models um, or whether it was through some sort of sometimes dance sometimes just expressive movement and it was absolutely fantastic because it was it was also very good for personal development and self-awareness as well as doing all of that because I think I'm I've I've always been creative can't necessarily draw anything very well but I've always been creative and that was always nurtured from my grandma from a very young age she would always get things and try and look at things in a different way new ways of doing stuff it wasn't just about doing what other people are doing you know other kids are doing with creativity it was this is unique stuff and so I think that's where you know that that was nurtured and and I've always been passionate about it and I think for me being creative is something that can create a feeling where I could like the office that I'm in at the minute I decorated this so I feel that everywhere I look I feel peaceful I feel safe and secure while I'm doing my counselling it gives me a feeling at home it might be a feeling of joy or inspiration but then there's also the other side of it instead of it creating is expressing emotion so I just think sometimes you can sort of spill your guts out onto a piece of paper Mm-hmm. and you can use your emotions while you're doing it and get maybe anger and frustration out it's unbelievable how, how you can use clay and ripping paper off and stuff and to to make you just release release yeah. tension and also work through things so um so I'm actually doing further study in person-centered creative arts ah <laughs> so it's person-centered focused as well Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
that's what I'm going to be doing next year. Um, and this one is more, it's going to be showing you how to structure your sessions so it can be, you can integrate this stuff, but this can be an actual session, an ongoing sessions in this way. Um, and I've actually experienced it myself. I had a couple of sessions with a student previously and it was absolutely amazing, very powerful. So I thought this is something I would like to do. I like the sound of that because I think also sometimes people can't, sometimes words aren't enough or they or they, they can't find the words to express mm. how they're feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You also mentioned um, yoga as well or something you were looking into as well? Yes, um, I found... I didn't really like yoga. I went because my daughter wanted to do it. And then I've ended up continuing on with it. And I just found along with having counselling, it just sort of went hand in hand um, in sort of me when my mum died. And then I had other traumas that had happened. And it just sort of, obviously, because there's a lot of mindfulness, you're doing relaxation, you're doing breathing exercises. And then there's obviously the physical, which can release emotions. Mm -hmm. So I feel that it's just can be integrated or used even, you know, after counselling to maintain what you've, you've been able to achieve. Um, so I decided that I'm going to do, well, I've actually started doing my yoga teacher training just the basic 200 hours um, because I want to be able to sculpt it into something for emotional and mental health, anxiety and trauma. And then also to be able to teach people this, to be able to take home for self-care purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had, um, we had a yoga teacher come in to our happiness hub, uh, wellbeing groups mm. that we've been running and, um, we had one of our actual clients that we uh, that we look after during our from our volunteer group, who's a, a lady who was suffered very badly during the lockdown because she was in um, a care home and they weren't mm. allowed to leave their room and, and the building. And mm. um, so her health deteriorated quite a lot. And she ended up being in a wheelchair and just by doing yoga a couple times a week for the last sort of six weeks, it's made a massive difference to her. And not only that, it's the camaraderie she's had with the people at the yoga yeah. studio and she's found yeah. happiness up through it and it's all it's all connected your mind and your body and, and yoga's great it's what sorry spirituality as well Spiritual, even yeah, if definitely. you know it's it's not a religious thing no. but it can it's a spiritual thing it doesn't matter what you believe in you know everybody's welcome and it, it's it can help you to open up to your ideas of what what spirituality means for you really mm -hmm. yeah and not only that but also just inviting things in and, and a way of being able to relax yourself as well and maintain mm -hmm. some of that headspace when we're all really busy and rushing around from one thing to yeah. another that's really yeah. important in, in this day and age so Tracy if somebody was wanting to access your counseling services where can they find you um well you just Google Tracy Worrell Therapy, really. <laughs> um, I do advertise. I pay for adverts on Google on and off, depending on how many clients I've got. Um, I have a web page, which is just tracywarrelltherapy.uk. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on um, Counseling Directory, Psychology Today, and 
I think a couple of, yeah, creative counsellors as well. I'm on that one as well. But that, you know, the main ones that usually come up is obviously Google and counselling directory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and all my details are on all of those, my phone number and email. Right. Well, I'll pop all your details down in the show notes as well, because you're on Facebook and Instagram and things. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. If anybody's got I any forget questions. about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been all sorts of contro- controversy about Facebook recently, hasn't there? But um, yeah, it's always um, good to have a few ways of finding it. But I'll, I'll yeah. put all those notes in, in the um, in the description. So, Tracy, um, coming to the end of the podcast, but I want to ask you a couple of questions about how this year's been for you. So first off, I want to ask you some of your top tips for well-being and what you do for your own well-being. What's what you've been doing this year for to keep yourself uh, on track and look after your mental health? Obviously, yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need to get into my own practice a bit more because uh, I, I, you notice the difference from regular doing it regular to when you've you've been doing it for a little while. Um, I there was actually some research on this. Um, I I like to watch comedies which I've already watched already. Right. Um, I find it very calming and familiar and predictable, and that's the type of thing. So I don't sit and watch something that takes a lot of brain power. Mm-hmm. I will have that on because I still find them funny but I don't have to concentrate too much on them. So that's, I do that if I feel mithered sometimes and I don't want to be in quiet, mm-hmm. I will do that. Um, I do meditate not as much as I used to, but I still like to meditate. I think the way I look at self-care now, which is very different to how I used to, um, is just going with my gut and seeing how I feel in that moment and what I need obviously all my responsibilities <laughs> permitting <laughs> obviously I can't like go and take a nap if I need to pick the kids up from school or something but within you know if, if everything that needs to be done responsibility wise is done but I need some self-care I just go with what feels right at that time yeah, we did a big session on self-care um, a little while ago, and it's it's finding what works for you. Again, different times and different days and mm. times of your life, you might need to adjust your self-care because something you did before is not kind of work, working for you. Did you say there yeah. was some sort of research done about watching comedy and re-watching stuff? That yeah, I've seen it recently because um, I also had a client that said the same thing, yeah. that she watches uh, it wasn't the comedy she watched something else but it was something that she watched as, uh, when she was growing up mm-hmm. and she she'd already watched it that many times you know some that you know what they're going to say next usually yeah um but yeah there was um I, th- I think it was to do with trauma and anxiety and it was um because it's predictable and familiar mm. and and safe it, it can be soothing yeah yeah I mean, that, that would explain why things like Friends and everything are so popular and people, yeah. you know, watch reruns and like, oh, it's a one with Ross d- did this or did that. Yeah, yeah. What kind of comedy do you like to watch then, Tracy? Well, I do, I do watch Friends. Yeah. I know nearly all the words to all the <laughs> episodes. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That seems to be the one that I go back to quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, God, I loads Will and Grace. Oh God, Will and Grace, yeah, that's blessed. Yeah, I'm back on that one again. That's been one I'm watching at the moment. Yeah, 
probably got others, but they're my main ones. Mm-hmm. So, JC, also about um, this year, because it is a happiness hub, what makes you happy? Oh, what makes me happy right now is just the fact that I've finally achieved my dream that along the way I thought may not have been possible because so much went on throughout my training that I just wasn't sure it was ever going to happen for me. So I'm just so happy to be doing what I'm doing. I absolutely love it. I've never loved a job like this ever. And it's, I've, I feel because I love it so much, I am living in the moment more and not thinking, oh, you know, I've got clients at different times and I've got gaps and stuff and I'm not working nine to five and I'm working shifts or whatever. It just doesn't feel that way. Mm. It just feels natural and I don't know, enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. You looked almost afraid to say it was enjoyable there. Yeah. I was trying to find a better word because it didn't feel powerful enough uh-huh. for how I feel. Yeah. I just, yeah, I know. I never thought that I would say work makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always wished because my dad was um, a train driver for over 40 years and until recent changes and, you know, because it used to be British Rail, he absolutely loved his job so much and I could never imagine being in a job for more than two years, never mind 40. Mm-hmm. And I always said, God, I wish I had a job that I loved that much like my dad does. And I never thought I'd ever get that. And it's actually happened. That's fantastic. That's really mm-hmm. great to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you ever so much for coming on our podcast today and talking to me about everything that you do and the benefits of counselling things and sharing what makes you happy, which is great. And I wish you all the best for your continued success with your business because I know a bit like yourself, I didn't have as much going on as you did during our training, but I I got to the point where I thought it was never going to happen for me, especially that last bit where you had to write that external portfolio. Oh my God. Yeah. That was a, yeah. I I genuinely thought I was going to have like big ball patches (laughs) because it was just so stressful. Mm. Oh my God. But we've done it. So it's fantastic to hear that. Um, you're really enjoying it and you're getting out the benefits of it and um, you're making it a success yes so Tracy I should pop all your notes in um, uh, all your details in the show notes so people can get hold of you and ask you okay. questions and use your services if they so wish to and uh, yeah we need to have a catch-up and have like as Billy said some sort of uh, graduation for everybody when <laughs> yes <laughs> I've never you know I've never been to any of my graduations I'd go to this, yeah. (laughs) You'll have to make a change to that. Right, take care, Tracy, and um, I shall speak to you soon. Okay, thank you for having me. You're listening to The Happiness Hub with me, Liz Parkin, and me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved, and be happy.